Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Breakdown. It is Sunday, July 31st, last day of July, and uh, we're, we're going to have us some fun tonight. We've been talking a little bit about the kind of fun that we've been uh, planning on having. We're going all in tonight. Um, and <laughs> there's a couple of fascinating turns of events that we'll talk about closer towards the end of the show because they're just too good to not talk about um but starting off as always we're going to try to start off with a little bit of good news before we get too far into it i do want to say real quick if you're listening to the podcast version of this or if you're listening to it live on twitter spaces um you might want to jump over to the youtubes or at least throw the youtubes on in like i don't know 20 minutes or so because this this shows a little we've got some visual pieces that are Probably a little bit important, um, but you can always catch up on that down the road as well. To start with, starting with some good news, um, the World Index announced the uh, the best countries for quality of life for 2021. As it turns out, number one, Canada. Now, I want to be really, really clear because we put this tweet up before and there were a few people who were like, well, yes, but Canada still has a lot of things that suck. And that's true. But one of the things that we have to really try to remember is that while Canada does have things that suck, yes, there are, you know, uh, lots of First Nations reservations that don't have clean drinking water. Yes, we have we have not in any measure solved the problems of houselessness. Yes, we still argue about dumb things like supervised consumption sites or safe supply when both of those things should just be a given. But when you compare Canada to all of the other countries in the world, I guess maybe it's maybe the way to say it isn't that Canada has the the best quality of life. We just have the least sucky quality of life, perhaps. But we're trying really hard to make sure that when we start these shows out, we start with a a good news story. Now, I just want to throw it out as well, as always with our Sunday night shows. If you want to uh, at any point after we're done the the broadcast proper let's call it if you have any thoughts if you have any uh feelings if you think we've got really gotten something wrong then by all means you can either jump in on the youtube chat you can jump in on the twitter spaces if you want to actually speak on the twitter spaces we'd love that all you have to do is click on the little microphone at the bottom left hand corner of your mobile device twitter spaces still sucks at computers and tablets so you got to be on a phone but once we're through the program proper and we've done the fun things that we have in store for tonight then uh, if you got something to say we'd, we'd love to hear from you moving on from canada being the least sucky country for standard of living um there's some other really good news and it's odd because this good news was about as buried an announcement as a government can make if you're not familiar in communication circles, there's certain days of the week that are better for communicating certain things. Um, the worst day, the day that, that most people aren't paying attention, is typically Fridays. Now, a lot of that has to do more with conventional media, but the reality is, is that on Fridays, a lot of people are getting ready for the weekend, they're kind of done, they're checking out. So Fridays, historically, have been a good day. If you if you have a news story that you know you have to release, but you don't really want it to get that much attention, Fridays the day to do it. If you really want to double down though, if you really want to bury that story, the Friday of a long weekend is where you drop that story. The, some people call Friday take out the trash day. Some people call long weekend Friday's nuclear trash day. Um, now this gets to be important because one of the things that we heard a lot about this week was we were hearing from 
clinics and nurses and healthcare workers who were saying, hey, we're excited, and pharmacists, we're excited to get the pediatric doses out to kids. Um, we've got all the, the pieces in place. We're just waiting for the government to make an announcement. And that was going on as early as Wednesday. Now, when we're talking about these vaccines, it's important to realize that we're talking about vaccines that are for kids under five. That's a demographic that hasn't had vaccines available yet. And so it's a really, really big deal for a lot of parents to be able to get their kids vaccinated against COVID-19 when their kids are under five. This is the first time this has happened. And yet, for some reason, the government decided to make the announcement late in the day on Friday, given that this is a long weekend. And it's really a shame because really there's, there's arguably three demographics that needed to hear this news. First of all, you've got the parents that have been waiting and waiting. They've been on uh, all of the social media this for the last couple of weeks saying, when the hell is this going to happen? And they know because they've been watching for it. And then you've got the parents that are like, under no circumstances will my kid be injected with a 5G chip or whatever the case may be. They're not going to take it up. But there's a big chunk of people in the middle who maybe just needed to hear the news. Maybe they needed to see a health minister or, uh, or a, a, a chief medical officer of health stand up in front of the province and say, great news, guys. But we didn't get that. We got this tiny little small release with absolutely no press conference for no apparent good reason. Moving on from there, it was the, <laughs> it was the air show is, is what we've been taking to calling it around here. Uh, the UCP leadership debate happened. Now, we're not going to go super in-depth with the UCP leadership debate. We did a whole uh, live spaces thing on Wednesday after the uh, debate, and we heard from a lot of... A lot of people who had some really good points, uh, a lot of different perspectives around how different candidates did. Um, and we, we did a little bit of a discussion. We were joined by uh, Deirdre Mitchell-McLean, who is the uh, host of Women of AB Polly. Uh, she came in and she she schooled me good and proper on the things and the stuff. Um, so if you want to go back and listen to that, it's on Twitter. It's on our Twitter. You just have to go back through our timeline. It's on Twitter spaces and you can listen to an, an hour and a half of us talking about the leadership debate. But... The interesting thing about the leadership debate was there were really only, to a lot of people, there were really only two surprises. The first surprise was how strongly some of the candidates came out against some of the comments that Daniel Smith has been making over the last couple of weeks. Rajan Sani did, she went to work, to be honest. Uh, she really, she bit down and did not let go as Daniel Smith was trying to, oh, but it was, it was misinterpreted or misspoke. And she, she spun it in a bunch of different ways. And Rajan Sani was having none of it, um, which is out of, out of character with how her campaign has been so far. Her campaign has been pretty, uh, let's go with subdued and, and interpret that as you will. Uh, it was definitely not subdued on Wednesday. The other surprising moment was... And I have to give a little bit of background information. And I want to be really clear, not in any way trying to be exploitive or anything with this background information. One of the leadership candidates who's running is Brian Jean. Now, most people know that one of the reasons why Brian Jean uh, ostensibly left politics for a while was because one of his kids got cancer and actually died from it. Um, it's an incredible tragedy. And it, it really 
the only reason why we're saying that is to inform the exchange that you're about to hear, um, because it really does speak to the fact that Ms. Smith's comments were so far over the line. And to this point, she still refused to apologize for them. I need to hear from Daniel Smith to commit today that you won't give bad medical advice or cancer advice again because you hurt a lot of people with what you said and you still all right, all right. said it was a we misunderstanding. Covered, you haven't taken it back. Misunderstanding right. is not what 45 seconds is over. 45 seconds is over and we've been over this topic. All right. We're going to end a little bit late anyway. Apologized. So we're not going to get back into it and maybe may, that's may something for a may closing I? statement. Ms. Smith, I don't want to get back no, into no, it because Mr. No, Caves was called out. You were no, called out. No, I don't want to get back into it. I just want to let's, tell Brian. Let's move on. You can deal with it in your closing statement. No, I just want to tell Brian I'm sorry for the loss of his son. Now, that's pretty, I mean, I'll be honest, for me personally, listening to the debate and uh, sitting through what was watchable, they, they had some technical problems for, for those of you who tried to watch it as well. Um, that was probably one of the most shocking moments because Brian Jean clearly asked, would you please apologize for the harm that you did? And Danielle Smith responded with, in effect, I'm sorry that your kid died which is unbelievably cold. And I mean, I've, I've, we've made jokes in the show in the, on the past before about Rachel Notley's walking through the, the remains of areas of Fort Mac that were destroyed during the fires. And we've made comments about how uh, inappropriate her Walking Dead joke was. Um, and this is so much worse than that. This is so beneath not only that debate, but it's b certainly beneath the office of the premier. But as the week went, things only got worse because for those of you that you know maybe don't remember, the, the cancer comments came out of a podcast, a uh, video podcast, a web series. I don't know what they call these things, kids these days, um, where Daniel Smith interviewed a naturopath. Now, Daniel Smith has said when she launched that series of podcasts, that the reason why she was launching that series during her campaign was because she wanted people to know who was informing her policy. Whether it was health policy or education policy, she's had Parents for Choice and Education on. She's also had this naturopath on. But it doesn't really look like she did the kind of due diligence that one would expect from somebody who's running from the premier's office. Certainly somebody who has the fundraising ability that we've seen that she has. She threw down the whole $175,000 that she needed in order to run. She's got no problems raising money. One would think she would have no problems hiring staff to vet, at the very least, the people who are going to be uh, influencing her policy and appearing on podcasts during her campaign. But it turns out it's not exactly the case. So the, uh, the naturopath that Danielle Smith had on her show was Christine Perkins. And there were a few folks that went by her website to see what's the deal with this naturopath. And they, they found some fascinating things. Perhaps not... Start, let's start with the, the, the easy stuff. So to start with, a bunch of people went through all of the, the reviews that were on her website, giving glowing reviews about the amazing work that she does. And um, she's so good. She does all these things. Naturopathy's awesome. Except they're almost all stock photos. So people went through 
And they were able to identify that almost all, if not all, of the photos associated with the testimonials were just stock photos. But that was really just the start of things. Because from there, you have to ask yourself, what does this naturopath purport to be able to treat? And this is where, again, it gets pretty broad pretty quick. So uh, Dr. Christine, again, doctor of naturopathy. Many people have pointed out, not a doctor of medicine. Uh, she claims that she successfully treats with her naturopathic principles ADHD, allergies, anxiety, arthritis, autoimmune disease, bedwetting, bladder infections, candida, chronic fatigue syndrome, colds and flus, colitis, concussions, Crohn's disease, depression, fibromyalgia, hormone imbalance, infertility, insomnia, leaky gut, migraines, major motor vehicle injuries, pre and postnatal care, strains and sprains, stress, and more. Now, Anybody who works in healthcare, anybody who works in any kind of medicine knows that in just that list alone, there's probably about 15 specialties and subspecialties of medicine that people, real doctors, go to years of school to become doctors, and then they specialize in that field of practice so that they can provide evidence-based care. But Dr. Christine claimed that she, she claims that she can treat all these things. Where it gets really interesting is what she claims that she can treat these things with. So on her website, she has a list of a variety of different things, including Bioscan SRT, the, the Beamer, vascular therapy, Bowen therapy, homeopathic medicine, because water has memory. Um, and people did a little bit of digging into what these things were. Well, it turns out when we're talking about the Bioscan, um, that's a device that the inventors were charged with fraud and they ended up having to pay a boatload of fines because under scientific scrutiny, it is a measuring device that measures nothing. It claims to be able to measure all this whole long list of things, but it doesn't actually measure anything other than base electrical current of the body. It's fake. Now, that ruling came out a little while ago, but it's still something that is being offered on Daniel Smith's Naturopaths website. When we talk about the Beamer, the, the vascular therapy device, which is a, uh, a mat that people lay on and there's this low-level electrical current, that was actually investigated by Alto uh, physicists. And they determined that it was completely fake as well. So there's no shortage of scientific evidence that says all of the things that are informing Danielle Smith's health policy don't actually do anything other than take people's money. And yet somehow this is the person that Daniel Smith, and these are the, these are the practices. This is the profession that Daniel Smith chose to legitimize. But moving on from Daniel Smith for just a little bit, there is another leadership race going on. Haven't heard much about it, but back in June, the Alberta Liberals announced after quite a long period of time of having an interim leader after David Kahn had stepped down. David was awesome, I think. I mean, I mean I'm, not a, I'm not a liberal voter, but I've always enjoyed my conversations with David. Um, and he has in many ways continued his activism, so I have nothing but good things to say about him. You can be angry about that or not. Um, but uh, David Kahn stepped down quite a while ago, and they've had an interim leader since. Well, they finally announced, you know what? We're pulling the trigger. We're going to get our leadership race going. The cutoff date for entrance into the leadership race 
is August 12th. And as of today, which is July 31st, we checked elections, Alberta, and the only registered parties or the only parties that have registered leadership candidates are the UCP, which have a boatload, and the Independence Party of Alberta. Nobody has signed up yet to be the, the new potential leader of the Alberta Liberals. So, I mean, I guess if you're looking for a good volunteer gig and have, I think it's like $5,000 entry fee, uh, you might, might want to might consider that. Moving on from there, one of the big controversies that has come up, especially over the last week, it really kind of, with the UCP leadership debate, it was one of the big topics of conversation, and it had to do with fertilizer. So there's been a couple of UCP candidates who have tried to make a lot of hay out of nitrogen synthetic fertilizer and the rules that the, the federal government is potentially looking at putting into place. And there's been a lot of misrepresentation. We saw Brian Jean put up a whole thing where he talked about how the Trudeau government has lost its mind. Fertilizer feeds the world. If they go ahead with this, then there's going to be uh, food shortages, cats and dogs living together, mass hysteria. Danielle Smith took it a step farther. She talked about the fact that uh, the, the Trudeau government declares farmers must reduce fertilizer use in the name of fighting climate change. Stop Trudeau, defend our farmers, get a UCP membership. The problem is, literally none of that is true. Right now, where the program stands is the federal government has said, hey, you know what, these, these um, non-natural fertilizers, they put off a lot of greenhouse gases. And there's a bunch of different ways that we can mitigate that, but we feel like we should probably do a 30% reduction. You know what we're going to do? We're going to do a consultation. And we'd like to hear from you. What do you think? What are the best ways to do this? There's a lot of evidence-based practices that we can do. There's ways that we can modify tilling. There's ways that we can modify crop rotations. Uh, and natural fertilizer, absolutely still a go. What do you want to do here? That's it. That's the whole thing. There's no laws. There's no mandatory 30% reduction in fertilizer use. At most, it's a 30% reduction in emissions. And we've seen this before from UCP leadership candidates and from conservatives across the country, quite frankly, where they will grossly misrepresent what's actually going on, shake it up to make it the most controversial version of things that they possibly can. And then they put out a bunch of memes uh, and infographics, misinfographics is what they should be called. Uh, and they, and they try to get people really, really upset to buy UCP memberships. And unfortunately we continue to see there's a lot of people who buy it. There's a lot of people who believe what these politicians are serving up. And it's unfortunate because it put, causes people to put a lot of energy into fights that aren't actually happening. And they don't have that energy to put into fights that are actually happening. I would absolutely encourage anybody to go and be a part of the consultation progress. If you happen to know a whole lot about agriculture, I'm not claiming that I do. But if you happen to know a whole lot about agriculture, then you should absolutely go and give your feedback. And, and read through the very, very long discussion page thing that they've put up it's a it's it's i mean we're talking about climate change so maybe it's appropriate that it's a super dry read but um it's it's a it makes it very very clear 
that this is the start of a conversation. It's not the be-all and end-all that we're seeing. You know, at the UCP debate, we saw almost every candidate try to represent it as, which is really unfortunate. But moving on to something a little bit more fun. Now, this is where, again, if you're on the, the, the Twitter spaces, you'll get some of these jokes, but there's, there's visual elements to what's about to happen next. Um, we invited, months ago, we invited all of the UCP candidates who were running for leadership to appear on the show. And we heard back from some of them, and we had two, but the rest of them have either said, um, no, you make jokes about our candidates, so we're not going to let you talk to them which is a whole other separate issue, uh, or we just never got a reply. When this show first started out, one of the things that we did was we took a look at the advocacy group Canada Action. They're the I Love Canadian Oil and Gas guys. Um, they're the ones who had the, the posters up in the windows of the legislature. Uh, they're the ones who have deep ties to Tyler Shandro and a lot of other people in the, the UCP. Um, they're the ones who have had some bookkeeping errors. And we invited the founder of that organization to come on the show. He declined. And if you go back to our earlier episodes of the show, you'll see that the breakdown has a very clear pattern of dealing with when there are people that we'd like to talk to and they say that they they don't want to talk to us and so we have we've done that again and so for the next 10 minutes i would like you i'd like to present on behalf of everybody here make no mistake it is a team effort our interview with not danielle smith the ucp leadership race is in full swing and it's a really important race because whoever wins that race pretty much becomes the premier of Alberta. Now we've had a few leadership candidates on the show, but there have been some that we've been unable to get for some reason or another. It's for that reason that tonight we're very, very excited to welcome to the show, Miss Not Danielle Smith. Miss Smith, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Hold on, it looks better over there. I'm just gonna cross over this side now let's start with the Alberta Sovereignty Act. You've said that you would use the act to disregard not only established legal process, but you would only do so through the legislature and without legal opinion or processes other than your own. Isn't that both incredibly dangerous as a consolidation of power, but also as a flagrant disregard of- Yes, but it's okay. I feel like you can trust me. I'm just playing with ideas here, but yeah, you can- Definitely trust me. Okay, can we chat about the provincial police force? You've said that you want to establish a provincial police force not only to assert Alberta's sovereignty, but also to ensure that there's a police force that follows your direction. How do you respond to the concerns that have been raised that you're creating an illegal process under Canadian law, but also that you're creating an environment that is ripe for abuse of power, not only from you, but from anyone who follows you as premier? No, no, I'll be premier. For life. Okay, you've spoken about the need for a big tent party where everyone and all of their ideas are treated equally. You've also embraced some ideas from anti-health measures to naturopaths who openly admit that they practice without any sort of scientific evidence and whose services have largely been debunked. You've also embraced pastors 
who have, some have said, have attempted to incite violence, who have held tiki torch marches, who have espoused homophobic and misogynistic views. If the conservative party under your leadership would embrace all ideas, how do you define a party that embraces views that the majority of Albertans find repugnant? Hold on. It looks better over there. I'm just going to cross over this way. I feel like I need all the support I can get, and I'll take it from wherever I can get it. Why can't we all just be nice and respectful? But, Miss Smith, some of the people you're embracing are the farthest from respectful. That's what the Alberta Sovereignty Act is for. That doesn't make any sense. I feel like you should be more respectful. Are you at all concerned that you're manufacturing legitimacy for people and holding them up as experts? Well, they have personal experience. They aren't actually experts. And you're elevating voices that can cause real harm to people. Theo Fleury and the naturopath are two easy examples of people that you've legitimized during your campaign. Look, I feel like, you know, one of the big things that I've been hearing from Albertans is that they're concerned about the economy. So anything I can do with manufacturing in Alberta only make Alberta stronger. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure that's how that works. I am, and I had a radio show. Um, okay. Well, speaking of the economy, uh, you've alleged that the federal government is responsible for inflation, but that seems to ignore the fact that inflation is a global problem right now. You've also misrepresented the goals of the federal government's emissions reductions programs, where they've talked about reducing emissions in fertilizer, they've talked about reducing emissions in oil and gas development. Now, oil and gas has said that that's a goal that they can entirely achieve without cutting in any production, but you've presented it to your base as if the federal government is cutting 50% of production. Do you feel at all responsible for misleading Albertans' understanding of what the economic situation is? And are you at all worried that this misunderstanding that you're, you're feeding and you're creating will all eventually turn on you? I feel like, no, that's not going to be a problem for me. Look, we've already seen that a lot of my supporters will pretty much overlook most of my flaws or mistakes and turn themselves into pretzels to not have their perception of me damaged. That's momentum, baby. Turning to internet censorship. You've said that Trudeau wants to censor people's social media, and there's really no arguing that that's not a gross misrepresentation of the current situation. Oh, it's true. Trudeau only wants to destroy Alberta and steal our hair products. He cut his hair because he knows I won't let him get them. It's, it's not, though. In, in fact, the only legislation that's currently being considered federally is legislation that addresses streaming services and is attempting to elevate Canadian content above foreign content. Why is that bad? It's censorship. How can that possibly be construed as censorship? See, I'm being censored right now. Beep. Miss Smith, you know that we can see that you're doing that yourself. You actually can't. That's just what Klaus Schwab and the WEF want you to think. They're controlling you already. Moving on, one of the slogans that you've used quite heavily during your campaign has been Alberta first. 
Are you at all concerned with the fact that it appears to be a callback to the use of the America First slogan that was used by the Ku Klux Klan and has significant overtones of white supremacy? That sounds like a woke mob cancel culture kind of question. But you're literally using the same messaging the Klan used. I feel like that's your version of history. That's established facts. Your facts. I'm interested in a fair version of history, not one that's mean. I'm just gonna move over here. I think it looks better. Speaking of not being mean, let's talk about a potential apology for the cancer comments. What about an apology for the lockdowns? We've never had lockdowns in Alberta. Well, I know that, but it sounds more dramatic if I call them lockdowns. Red meat for the base, uh, Alberta beef, S support farmers, more fertilizer. Well, there's certainly no shortage of bullshit. Look, there are a lot of people that were deeply hurt by the statement that up until stage four, everything that happens is completely in their control. That's obviously not only false for a whole number of reasons, but it really is very hurtful. Well, I'm sorry that people get cancer. But that's not an apology for your comments. Will you apologize? I'm sorry that my comments were misrepresented. Those are literally your words, Miss Smith. I misspoke, maybe? Regardless of whether or not those are the words you meant to say, those are the words you said. Don't you think it's the responsibility of someone running for the highest office in the province to take some, I don't know, personal responsibility for the words that come out of their mouth? I can't. Why not? Look, we all know that I've spent a lot of time, energy, and money building a base that rejects science and evidence. If I turn around and apologize, then I'll lose a lot of them. I can't do that because it's pretty clear that no one with any sort of critical thinking skills or compassion would support me. But Miss Smith. Hold on. I just need to move over there. I like how it, how it looks over there. Not Danielle Smith, everyone. Thanks to everybody who sat through that, especially those of you that were listening on the, the Twitter spaces or on the podcast. I promise you, if you look it up on the YouTube, the, the visual gags, I feel like they're worth it. Um, that's pretty much our program for tonight. We do have some stuff coming up that we want to tell you about, though. First of all, we've got, we, we, we had our, our silly fun tonight. We're going to get a little bit serious this week. So on Thursday, we're actually going to be dropping a standalone episode where we sit down with Dr. Robert Robert L. Aska. Uh, he is a person who has worked in public policy for a very long time. He is an economist, and he's written a new book called A Sales Tax for Alberta, Why and How. With all of the contortions that UCP candidates are putting themselves into in regards to the conversation about a, uh, a sales tax, a provincial sales tax for the province of Alberta, and how despite the fact that some of them have floated the idea, they, they, they didn't mean it, or they it was bad times, we're in good times now, so we don't have to think about it. Uh, we sat down with Robert Aska, and he 
laid out his case and the case of a lot of other people who are renowned in their fields when it comes to economics and public policy and explained why he believes that one of the best things that Alberta could do for the future of the province is look at implementing a PST. So we're going to be having we're going to be dropping that whole conversation on Thursday. And regardless of whether or not you're somebody who at the moment says, yeah, we should have a PST or somebody who says, no, nah, we shouldn't have a PST. It's definitely a conversation worth listening to or watching because Dr. Aska has so much experience. It's ridiculous. And I'm personally a big believer that when you have the opportunity to sit in a room, even if it's virtual with somebody who knows so much about things that you don't. I don't know that much about economics. Um, that's a it's a heck of an opportunity. We're really grateful that he sat down with us. So that episode is going to be dropping on Thursday next week on Sunday. We're already teeing up some of the things that we're going to talk about this week. One of the things that we really wanted to hit on was that fertilizer piece because there's a lot been a lot of misconceptions on it. Next week, we're really getting into it. We're going to be doing a whole section where our our main conversation is going to be on the World Economic Forum, which should be fascinating because there's some folks who follow us for reasons that I don't fully understand that uh, have some very strong opinions about that. Um, in fact, the, the little funny story that I wanted to share is those of you who follow us on Facebook and Twitter may have seen that we put up a picture earlier today where we talked about the fact that we were going to be having a very special guest on. And that picture included... A, uh, a picture of the, um, the, the puppet that, that took part in, in today's little bit of theater. Um, one, of, one of the Freedom Convoy folks looked at that picture and said, how did you actually get her on your show? Didn't she, didn't she know that you are lefty, biased lefties? And I mean, I, I'm not saying that it's super telling that somebody couldn't tell the difference between the puppet and the the real person i'm just throwing that out there because i got a giggle out of it um as always if you if you have something that you want to say we're going to open up the floor now um and if you you have a thought that you want to share we definitely love to hear from you it looks like we do have one person that has requested to to speak they requested a while ago so uh lynn i'm gonna i'm gonna throw it to you real quick here and uh hopefully you're you're still there um and you, maybe you do have something to say. Maybe you don't. Um, we'll see what we see. If you do have something to say, feel free to unmute yourself and we'll go from there. And otherwise, um, I'll do my little clear the room speech and we'll, we'll go from there. So the clear the room speech is simply this. We're able to do the things that we do here because of the support that we get from our Patreon sponsors. If you value the kind of content and you want to pay, you, you want to help us pay for some of the, the puppetry that we have planned, which by the way, that wasn't our only interview with UCP leadership puppet. Um, we have at least one more and we're making the commitment tonight that whoever does win this UCP leadership race will get more than just a sock puppet. We're going to do the high quality, not Kenny version of whoever the next premier of Alberta is. So we can only do that with the support that we get from our patrons. So you can sign up to be one of our Patreon supporters at www.patreon.com slash the breakdown AB, where for just the price of a cup of coffee a month, um, you can help us buy plaster of Paris and 
cool tech stuff that lets us do the things that we're we're now doing. Uh, we have another speaker who has weighed in. Um, Cyrillic symbols, Chad. I think they're Cyrillic. I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, I apologize. <laughs> hey, good evening, Nate. It's, Nate. it's uh, Chad Ullman here. Um, I wanted to circle back on the vaccine availability thing. Absolutely. Um, so why was it so quiet? And so I, I've got a contact in government, and they don't particularly like talking directly with me, so we talk through a mutual friend. And I'm hearing that it was purely political to try to keep it as quiet as possible because they were afraid that Danielle Smith was going to take it and run with it and get herself some more airtime. Well, I mean... There's a whole lot of what you said that just made sense there because, I mean, first of all, we've certainly seen that the this current provincial government is big fans of recrimination. Um, and one of the reasons why we get to talk to some of the people that we get to talk to is because we do it all anonymously. Um, so that is certainly on brand. But it is stun... Well, Daniel Smith needs to stop ruining Alberta. <laughs> I don't know what yeah. else to say. Like, if, if they're soft-pedaling vaccines that are going to not only prevent kids from getting big sick, but that are also going to help potentially help prevent kids from getting stuff like long COVID, which is going to, from everything that we can see so far, be with them for a very long time, if not their entire lives. If the government is soft-pedaling that because they're afraid of Danielle Smith... Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'm... I am hard pressed for words on that one. Um, that's, you know, I got to say, Chad, one of the things that we've seen is there seems to be, I haven't seen anything from Danielle Smith that comes even close to what I would call leadership. Um, oh, she's, no. she's really good at manipulating people. She's really good at getting people angry, but she's not doing anything that clo even closely approximates leadership. And yet there are so many people who are so afraid of her and are l following her lead. Mm -hmm. And it's ridiculous. She's not leader yet, but yet the government is afraid of her using that, using a vaccine announcement as, as an, as a, as fodder. And you know, good, good on her for medical choice and whatever. But holy smokes, like you got to get off the snake oil. Like that's that's, that's gonna, it's, it's going to kill people. And let's be clear, because what we're talking about here isn't a question of mandatory vaccines. This is a vaccine that's being made available to parents who want to vaccinate their kids who are under five. That's it. That's all. It's as optional as going to the seven a Seven Eleven and getting a Slurpee. Totally. Yeah. I mean, all of the childhood vaccines are, are optional, ultimately, but I mean, it would be common sense to not. And I think it says optional. something. I think it says something that there is a strong enough belief that Danielle Smith would play political football with an issue like this, a voluntary vaccination of children. Mm-hmm. I think that there's something really, really telling that people believe, oh no, she'll totally, she'll take that to the top of bullshit mountain. <laughs> Absolutely. Like that's, yeah, so. wow. 
Um, and so, so few people know, knew about the announcement that um, we were told not to you know, say what time the announcement was even going to come out yesterday. Or on Friday, sorry. So, so few people because they were trying to keep it as quiet as they could. So it's, it's really telling, I mean, number one, the existing government is already so secretive. But two, you know, there's just, you know, they're trying to keep this as mum as possible. Which is irresponsible. And I think... Totally. You know... Uh, yeah, I'm just... Uh, I gotta be honest with you, man. I'm, I'm just... I'm, I'm a little bit speechless at that. Because if it's it's not like it's reinstituting the REP. It's not like it's... Um, no. Reinstituting mandatory masking or any of those things. It's It's quite literally just... Hey, if you believe in science and you want to get your kid vaccinated... You can do that now. Have a good weekend, I guess. And yet, they're they're so terrified of Danielle Smith lying about it and politicizing it that they they soft pedaled it. That's totally. I mean, there was there was immunizers ready and hired, and they've been twiddling their thumbs all week. They were ready to go go on Monday. Vaccine was in clinics on Monday. And they were they were they were so scared of Danielle Smith that they they waited four days. See, I've said this before. <laughs> I've said it before. I'm going to say it again, and I always get a little bit of sauciness whenever I do. But August 12th is also the deadline for buying memberships for the UCP leadership race, and you know, there's I'm I have a membership because we wanted we didn't want to get kicked out of the the thing again um and the you know our audience said that they wanted they wanted me to be there um Mm -hmm. so i still have my membership but i'm seeing more and more people who are saying you know what this is not something we can sit on the sidelines on this is this is not some sort of abstract uh political science discussion this is this is real and i think what you're bringing up if it's accurate um, this only highlights how incredibly important it is that, I mean, this is an election. It's not like if you, if you cast a vote in the UCP leadership race, you're going to be somehow shortchanging the, the NDP or the Alberta party or the, the liberals or, I mean, whoever, um, this isn't that there will be a general election. And I've been saying it for months. If you feel, if you feel gross or uncomfortable about, getting a a UCP membership in order to stop Danielle Smith from, I mean, my God, look at what we're talking about right now, but then do it. I mean, we're at the point right now and I apologize if this is a little graphic. I know my mom sometimes listens to the show. Mom might be a time to, I don't know, hump. (laughs) Um, But right now the reality of our, especially given what you just said, the reality of our province is Alberta is like a little baby and and somebody has thrown it into a a big pool of of shit and we all have the choice of well do we go in there and get it we're gonna get a little dirty if we do but it's a baby maybe we should and i mean if you if that's that's where we're at the the fact that that kids under five their health 
was potentially compromised because of the fear that people have about Danielle Smith polarizing these things and politicizing these things. This is where we are. Yeah. So thank you so much for sharing that, Chad, even though I'm going to have nightmares. For anybody who missed it, um, Chad's... Have a good night. Yeah, thanks, man. Chad's cool. We, we like Chad here. Chad did an episode with us because he's one of the folks that uh, broke down the finances from the data leak on the Give, Send, Go trucker convoy nightmare uh, and was able to identify some very, very interesting patterns. We did a whole conversation with him at the beginning of the year. If you want to go back and listen to that, we have a back catalog. It's pretty nifty. Um Looks like that's all the speakers we have for tonight. I want to say thank you again to everybody who uh, listened live. I want to say thank you to everybody who's listening to the podcast. If you watch it on the YouTubes, thank you for doing that. If you're watching it on the YouTubes or the Facebook after this has been broadcast, I guess, thank you for doing that. As always, be kind to each other, and please keep the conversation going.